this is going to be exciting. Everybody, welcome back to another um, time of getting together to break the curses of slavery in the courts of heaven. My name's Lisa Gray, and we're here with Every Step Counts Ministries, and the Lord has been doing some marvelous things, and of that we are glad. We're excited about the freedom that the Lord has given, and uh, we've got a short teaching today, and then we just want to do what we do, and that is we go up. So let's go into our, got a short presentation for you today. This is for Levi. You like that better, Levi? <laughs> he told me he was getting tired of seeing that chain. He wanted to see that chain breaking. So I told him we were going to take care of that. So welcome again to breaking the curses of slavery in the courts of heaven. We're here um, after reading the book by Pamela Burgess Main. Prayers, uh, Breaking the Curses of Slavery, Prayers for African-Americans. We're just asking you all to go ahead and purchase her book. It's available on Amazon. Give her a good review so that we can get the word out. There's a lot, um, a lot of hard work and Holy Spirit inspiration that went into what she did. This week, we're going to be taking a look at releasing the weight of the curses along with the sin. And that we're going to go on Hebrews 12 and 1. So we will take a look at that scripture. Matter of fact, let me go ahead and I'm going to read it now. Excuse me, Lisa, but do you are you sharing your screen? Because it's not, I'm not seeing anything. I mean, oh, just you. Thank you. For the lesson. Okay, let's start over. Oh, good. I thought it was just me. <laughs> When I am stuck, my brain's still sleeping. <laughs> it was not just you. It was me. I never shared it from the beginning. So let, let's start this again, folks. I was looking at it. You guys didn't see it? <laughs> I do like the chain. Okay. That's why I, I was surprised I didn't hear from you, Levi. Breaking the curses of slavery in the courts of heaven. Notice how those chains are breaking. Thank you, mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Again, and this comes from the book from Pamela Burgess, Maine. We prayed some of those prayers, but uh, we're taking the prayers that she did and, of course, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what he gives us on a weekly basis, and we're taking them into the courts of heaven. We're not teaching today about the courts of heaven, but we know that uh, they're real. I've gotten so much freedom from them, and all those who I know that are accessing the course of heaven are getting so much freedom they're so real and we thank god for the revelation i first heard about it through robert henderson but now there's many teachers who are teaching there's much uh, available on youtube there's a lot available books dr ron horner um terry spencer um i'm, I'm here in michigan jeanette strauss there god has given this revelation to a lot of people and i thank him i so thank him for it so for this particular week, we're going to take a look at Hebrews 12 and 1. And we're going to, our topic for today is going to be releasing the weight 
and the sin. There is a difference in the weight and the sin. And we're just going to ask the Lord to direct us on that. So the scripture says, wherefore seeing we are also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So we're going to be looking at them today. Real quick, I just put something together in, in regards to some of the things that we've had an opportunity to do since we began this journey. Uh, Court of Title and Deeds, we've had, that was where we started at. We made sure that we were transferred over, that our deed, the title, belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. We had spiritual implements that were removed from us. We were able to dethrone some entities. We went into the court of justice and we had some false verdicts over, over um, thrown. Now, we didn't get a video for that, but we did get an audio recording and it's posted now on Anchor. We started a, a site on Anchor with the Breaking the Curses of Slavery. So you can hear that recording for those of you who haven't, who haven't had a chance to join us before. We also had an opportunity to listen to this king from Ghana apologizing for selling fellow Africans to the Europeans because there were Africans that were a part of, they were in collusion with the Europeans and the slave trade. We've also had an opportunity in the court of divorce. We've dealt with some epigenetics. We dealt with the office of personhood. And last week we dealt with ungodly elders and leaving our father's house with all that they were doing. We are citizens of the kingdom. Revelations 22 and seven says, and the spirit and the bride said, come, let him that hears say come and let him that's thirsty come, whosoever will. So whosoever will can ascend into the kingdom. This is something different than I was taught. I was always taught that the only time you can go to heaven is when you die. Well, I found out that that's not correct. And many of us are finding that out as we go. And again, that's not something that we're teaching on with this particular topic, but we do teach on that. And we'll even discuss that at a later time as well. But we have been given access to our father's kingdom. And he said, come, whosoever will. So we're dealing with, again, the African slave trade. And we know that Africans were really imported, exported all across the continents, the North America, South America, European, uh, into Middle East, China. Africans are everywhere. So what we're doing today is for all of those, all of us who have African ancestry. One of the things that we know is that our humanity was monetized. We became a commodity. We were no longer looked at as people of worth and value, but it was almost like we were ogled for what someone could get from us. So we were no longer a people. And that's why we dealt with the, when we dealt with the office of personhood, we were simply a commodity. One of the things that we've done and we talked about, because this is for those who are mature enough to receive, but we've had some open doors as those of African descent. 
there were some open doors because um, the scripture says in Proverbs, I think it's 26. We can write that down today. Give me one second back. I'm going to look up the scripture. I think it's 26 and 12. But there's a scripture that, that talks about a curse without cause shall not alight. And if anybody finds that, please uh, put it in chat for me. Normally I would have that, so I don't have that today. But I'm saying this because we have some open doors as a people. We have some open doors in our own lives. I mean, there's some things that will bring a curse upon you will bring curse upon a people that will defile the land and that sexual immorality of any type, any type of profane worship, any type of idolatry, any time that, that you're giving your love, your worship, your affections, your um, oblations to any other God other than the one true living God, it will open you up. That's an open door. Anytime there's innocent bloodshed, whether we're talking about murder or we're talking about abortion, we know that they, they offered their babies for sacrifice to Moloch. And we know that even now that's still going on different parts of the countries, of the nations, the people groups, idolatry. All of these things will defile a land, will defile a people. And remember that we serve El Cana because he said he's a jealous guy. And he told the Israelites over and over again, don't do what they're doing. Don't be like them. Don't do what they're doing. Now I'm going to send you among these people, but remain separate. Do not do what they do. And yet and still, not only did the Israelites do it, but those of African descent, your ancestors and my ancestors did not follow the Lord's rules, did not follow his laws. Therefore, there were some open doors. Proverbs 26 and 2, like a, thank you so much, like a fl flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without a cause shall not alight. Am I saying that the Lord did this to us? No, I'm not. But I'm, am I saying that we had a part to play in it? Yes, there were some things that we did. There were some doors that we had open. Again, we, we watched that uh, YouTube video of this king that was apologizing because they were a part of the slave trade. That's not something that I, I had ever learned, but of course we know that it took place. So many people are saying, well, what's, go, what's, what's the deal? I mean, you guys are no longer slaves. What's going on? Why are you still talking about this? Well, it's because there's lingering effects and there's been many ramifications. We understand that in the physical, we're no longer in change. We understand that in the physical, we're no longer in bondage. But boy, oh boy, are there, have there been lingering effects and ramifications? Absolutely. And, and you can see it no matter what part of the 
nations you're in, no matter what continent you're in, you can see lingering effects and ramifications. Here in America, we had the Jim Crow laws. You were still a substandard citizen. And then they took science and they tried to figure out a way to make it so. So, and that's called epigenetics. And that's what Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, she was with the group that, that whole thing of epigenetics. So I'm not gonna get into that one today. So what we're doing today, we are going as a class action, as a class of people. It's for all of those of African descent worldwide, we're going before the just judge. And we're taking a lawsuit, we're taking our petition before him. First Timothy 2 and 1 says, therefore I exhort, exhort first of all, that supplications, which are petitions, that's a legal term, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So a petition is a legal recourse. It's something that we're asking for a legal redress for wrongs that have taken place. And we go according to the Bible. Ezekiel 22 and 30 says, God said he was looking for somebody who was standing in the gap. So that's us. We're not saying this is what they did. This is what they did. No, we're saying it's us, it, it's we. Me and my people, me and my descendants, me and my family, me and my lineage, me and my bloodline. As Ezra did, he talked about our iniquities. That's what we're doing here. We're talking about all of our iniquities. In Psalm 106 and 6, it says, we have sinned. Many people have not, um, and they don't understand it because they're, they're like, well, I didn't do that. I, I, that wasn't me. That was, that was built back there. No, 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 no. Not according to the biblical standard. It's we. The Lord is looking for those who are willing, able, and ready to stand in the gap and say, oh, Lord, this is, this is what we have done. And, and then the other thing we want to do, uh-oh, what I do? Hold on, then. I hit a button. Okay. So the other thing that most people don't understand, the, the value of repentance. It is my belief that repentance is a lost art. We no longer taught repentance as, as, as grace has really replaced it. And we really have a faulty, it's not, we have a faulty understanding of grace. It's all done is what some people are saying. Well, it's not all done. We know that what Christ did at the cross, nothing can be done greater than that. But we also know that we have to apply what he has done, even though Christ did that. Do you know people who have not accepted it into their own lives? They haven't appropriated it for them. Likewise with repentance. The repentance is available. It, it's available for you to go before the Lord. Not just when you first come into uh, the relationship, come into the family, but on a continual basis. Father, I wasn't saying that right. Father, I didn't do this right. There's something about taking a look at with that mirror at you because Christ is concerned about your soul, concerned about your heart. What we're doing with this identificational repentance is saying, yes, Father, 
me and my people, we did not do this right. We forsook you. We were rebellious. We were lawless. I really encourage you every opportunity that you have to repent for yourself, for your loved ones, for your children, for your nieces, for your nephews, for your God is looking for somebody who will stand in the gap. He didn't say it had to be you that did it. He said, I'm looking for somebody that will stand in the gap. And that's what we're doing. Now, we do want to take a look at our heart motives because we've had some woundedness. We've had some brokenness. Everything that we do is always on the up and up. But we do want to ask the Lord to purify our motives, purify our hearts, purify us so that we can see things the way he sees it, so that we can be a representative of him on earth. We're living epistles. Every place we go, people are looking at us. We are constantly on display as a Christian. You know that. Let, it, let our light shine that people will see our good works, but what will they do to glorify the Father? So know that, and I can share with you that there were some places, let me stop sharing this for a minute. I just wanted to tell you what happened with me. This is what, I was in a, a, a ministry session one time and the person was like, well, do you see the Lord? Because the Lord should be, I should be able to see the Lord on, on the throne in my heart. And I was like, mm, yeah, I see him, but he's over in the corner. <laughs> he's not supposed to be in the corner. I had him over in the corner. What did that mean? I still had some cleansing to do. There were some things that still need to be purified. He was in my heart. I love the Lord, but I had him over in the corner. So I'm saying that because we all have some issues that we have to deal with, but we have to go ahead and take them before the Lord. We have to be, we have to go ahead and get naked before the Lord. So what did I have to do? I had to repent because I had some something else in the middle of my heart. I had God over in the corner. And I, I never would have known that. I'm just going to be honest about that. I did not know that that was what I was doing. But God will show you when you go before him. Say, Lord, show me me. Show me, show me, show me where I'm missing the mark. Show me where I'm off target. Show me where my motives just aren't pure about this or about that. And, and then the other thing that we have to be careful to do is not go into condemnation when he shows us. Because that would be a trick of the enemy. Yes, God convicts us, but he does not condemn us. So I can say, I can tell you that when I saw that, I laughed. Because I was like, Lord, have mercy. I did not go into condemnation because he wasn't where he was supposed to do. I repented and I put him in his right place. I thank God for showing me. There's something about repentance that we can be so thankful. God, it's something about going before him and it's just another layer of cleansing. So I'm saying to you guys, live a life of repentance. It will make such a difference and it brings you into closer intimacy with your Lord and Savior. So I'm gonna go back in here. Forgiveness. Again, that's we've, we've been on this uh, journey for a couple of months now, but we know that forgiveness is a pillar in Christianity. John 20, 23 talks about to forgive, to release, 
and to bless. And as, as I've told you before, I had never heard, never heard that in any of the churches that I had been in where somebody finally said, it's time to forgive the quote unquote white man. It's time to forgive so that we can move on. I never heard that. But one of the things the Lord has showed me is that that's one of the reasons that we have still been caught up because we never had, we never forgave, but that's a basic pillar of Christianity. So we are doing that. As we go before the Lord, we are releasing forgiveness. We're blessing. We're forgiving, we're releasing, and we're blessing so that we can have everything that God wants for us. So releasing the weight. One of the things I want us to look at today are what are some of the weights? We know that we've been repentant of some of the sins. We talked like about the mixture that's in the church last week, some of the uh, things that our ungodly elders did. But today I really wanted to hit about releasing the weight. And then later on, God gave me something else too. So we'll see if we get to that. Again, we wanna break the curses of slavery, the lingering effects, the ramifications, the things that have been left over, the mindsets. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and, that means it's not the same thing. If there's a weight and sin, that means there's some weights that we need to release, which cling so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So I'm saying, let's go before the judge. He is waiting for us. Let's hear from you guys before we go up. Thoughts, comments? Well, for me, it was screaming pretty loud to me what both of those elements were. Um, so I've written them down. Uh, so for me, it was the weight of responsibility and the sin of enabling my daughter. So I've taken it to court um, put the responsibility back on her and repented of the sin and turned my life in this area around. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not responsible for where she's at in her journey of life. I've repented of, you know, pretty much everything that I can think of. But I thought I was being supportive and loving. But now that I know the truth, it's actually I've been enabling her and I'm not doing that anymore. And, I mean, even yesterday she had this new well, old friend who's supposed to be helping her on her journey of wellness get in contact with me, needing to know the time that Mel was born so that um, she was doing some sort of heritage um, program with her. And I thought, you know what, I'm, this is not my first trip on this merry-go-round, so what the heck is she talking about? And sure enough, um, I got through a natal chart astrology so 22 pages of you know this star and that star and this star and I'm thinking you know what you're still not dealing with what you need to deal with so I'm not no so I just told this girl you know when I get proof that my daughter's turning her life around 
then I might want to talk to her, but I'm not going to keep going playing that stupid game anymore. You know, the weight will, it'll weigh you down. You'll be bowed down. Yeah. You'll be bowed down with that. So and what that's else? That's not going to happen because if she can dump her garbage on me, she doesn't take responsibility for her own actions. I mean, I might have been partly responsible for stuff that happened in the past, but that doesn't excuse her with what she's doing today. Mm. You know, she's mid-30s. She's old enough to take responsibility for her own actions. We do have to take so, responsibility. Yeah. So you know the rest of the story, Lisa. So you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Thanks. Anybody else? Did you see anything in there? Well, I don't know how to share this, but I remember having a friend and he went to heaven here back in February, Native American. And he did say that it's time to get over your daddy's anger and sins to, to get free at meaning others uh, of Native American. He was really firm about it. So whether, you know, I don't know how he shared that, but he was being used of the Lord. I know that. Well, I, I think when when that hit, when um, that, this thing with this weight and sin, I was like, Lord, we've been dealing with so many of the sins that, and we've been repenting for the sins that we did. But when uh, this thing about weight, I'm like, Lord, what is it that we've missed? What are some of the weights that we need to take yeah. and to be released of? Hmm. What are some of the weights? Some of the things that I looked at was, um, see if I can read my own, my own handwriting. But there, yeah, there's too. a weight where those of African descent are not held in any type of dignity. It's almost like the, you know, there's no respect and no honor. There's almost an expectation of uh, of less. Now that's not a sin for us to repent of, but that is a weight that we're bearing. That is one of the ramifications. That is um, one of the lingering effects. But along with it, it's a mindset because it's almost like a learned helplessness. When you've been beat down so much, you don't even try anymore. That's, I mean, we know that with psychology, we know that in the educational system. So there's many people that they don't have an aspiration to move forward. I believe that that's one of the weights that we need to really deal with, that we need to take into the court. And Lisa, John um, Sanford had something in one of his books about there's ruts, repetitive repetition, ruts in the brain and the thinking. I remember him, I don't know what he called it, but I do remember that. And I thought, oh, that's very interesting. Well, that's where, where you get caught in the demonic cycle because it just keeps going around and around and around and around. Not or choosing be, yeah. Our behaviors, whether it's demonic or not, it's just that it's, it's set in there. So I'm asking, I'm, I'm really asking that the spirit of truth will, will 
come along with us on this journey today and that every hidden thing, I'm, I'm praying that God let every hidden thing be revealed. The other thing that he just gave me an hour ago <laughs> was about it was arrested development. That we as a people, not saying you, you, you or me, but as a people, that there is arrested development. Well, I'm, I'm a counselor, so I know what arrested development is. It's when someone's been traumatized and they're stuck right there. So I could have a 40-year-old man sitting in front of me, but in, in actuality, they're a 13-year-old because something happened to them, even though they continue to grow physically, but emotionally and their maturity level never made it. So what I, when, when that started, I'm telling you, it's like an hour ago. I was like, as a people, I believe that we're dealing with arrested development. We've been traumatized. Um, and with that trauma came fear, came uh, strangulation, the abuse, and we were stuck. And many people, you see, they're completely stuck. Um, what comes with that? Well, you want to medicate. So that's where the alcoholism comes, the drug use come in, you want to sex it up, you want to do anything because you're trying to medicate that pain away. But I do believe we're dealing with the spirit of arrested development. And I think that's one of the ways, one of the ways. It's not a sin. We were traumatized. <laughs> so it's not something for us to repent of, but it is a lingering effect. It is a ramification. It is something that's happened. But as a people, remember um, when we first started the journey, I told you guys I, I had um, was at a gas station in Detroit and every young man I saw looked totally lost. I mean, you look in their eyes and there was nothing there. And that's when I came home and I was like, Lord, what is this? What's going on? And that's when he said, well, we've never, we've never forgiven for slavery. And I was like, we never forgave for slavery. But, you know, I, I wanted to fuss with the Lord. And I started thinking, did I ever, did I ever hear, did I ever hear? I couldn't think of anybody that I had ever heard on a national level talk about forgiveness. And then when I talked to some close people about it, they're like, Lisa, do you know they keep doing it? Do well, Lisa, well, Lisa. And I was like, yeah, they do. I, and I understand that. We know that. We know our young men are still being killed. When Trayvon Martin was killed, my son was the same age and he would wear a hoodie the same way. That thing impacted me. It impacted me deeply, okay? So I understand that. But for those of us who are Christians, those of us who profess Christ, there's some things that God does require some things of us. Absolutely. Now, I'm not going to say that it's always easy what he requires. And sometimes we do it simply out of obedience. And then our heart catches up with it. So it's okay for us to do that as well. But when you start looking at being ripped away from your everything that you know, put on a, a ship, watching people get tossed over that died, watching people get sick, 
that little passage was no joke. Knowing that the women and girls were being raped before they made it to wherever they were going. I'm saying, and, and I do believe this is what the Lord showed me today, that we as a people are dealing with the rest of development. Yeah. That that's one of the weights, one of the lingering effects that we've come before the court and we're gonna we're gonna go before the judge and, and see what he says. And you know, and Lisa, uh, you know, you know, um, it's times now where um, hey Tracy, glad to have you. Uh, it's it's it, thanks thank you. It's times now where we're treated differently now to where there's no kind of it's it's as if there's no way out. There's no guidance, no one to show you a different way. It's like the treatment is still there now. And so it what it does is it's still it's just like pouring salt on the wound. It's not getting any better. It's not getting any better. And it's a lot of us that could, they'll say something like this, well, you know what, I'm just gonna ignore this and I'm just gonna go on about this. You're accepting what's happening. This is time for us now to stand up. It's time for us to stand up now and to address what's going on with us as a people. And the thing is- that's what we're doing in the courts. We want, we want to do it a little differently than what we have done in the past. Well, the courts are having what weren't open to us before. So one of the things that we want to do is we want to deal with the spiritual first. Absolutely. That's what we've learned about the courts of heaven. You go before we go into any battle, let's deal with the legal, the legal issues first. So that's why we've been doing so much repentance. We do the repentance so the enemy no longer has a legal right to hold us in captivity, no longer has a legal right to mistreat us. So we deal, we're dealing with the legalities in the spirit because the spirit comes first. And whatever's okay. happening with other people, what the way they treat us, there's a spirit operating in them. We yeah. want to make sure that we're on good footing. So, but what about the mindset of the person? Like you said, you know, you can be dealing with a 40-year-old and they you're, you're talking to a 13-year-old. How do that change the mindset of the person? We're not, we're not responsible to change anybody else's mindset. God wants to change yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Fine. How do I change my mindset in this? That's what we're, that's, it's a, it's a journey. We have to unlearn our traditions. We have to unlearn some of the cultural things that we've taught and we have to get rid of the spirit of religion. We have to, we really have to deconstruct in order to, for God to build us back up what Jeremiah does. We're plucking things out of us. We're plucking out our old mindsets. We are re we're being renewed. We're being transformed. And it's a journey. It's not, believe me, it's not an overnight process, but boy, is it happening? Absolutely. Because, it's, because we're doing God's work. This is something that God wants done. Yep, go ahead, Levi. Um, I'm just going to tag in with that. Uh, from what I heard from the scripture, our homework, um, I feel the Lord is saying he's available. And, and, and it made me think of the children of Israel. They had been under 400 years of Egypt and slavery and, and, and all the, the bad that went with that. And, um, you know, there were times after their deliverance that God was tolerant. 
and God provided. I mean, he always provided, but there were times when he had a, well, it seemed like he had a short fuse, but he didn't. But there were times when he said, look, you know, why are you longing for Egypt? I am here. There's cloud, there's, there's pillar, there's smoke. I am here for you. I am providing a way for you. Uh, and, uh, uh, and all they do is complaining. Um, but uh, um, so what I'm getting from that is that the cloud of witnesses, um, I saw that as a real, a real thing that God has provided for us, for, 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 our, for our healing. He's allowing these people uh, who have gone on and uh, but still are to uh, help with this, to help minister with this. You know, we can't say uh, uh, you don't understand because there are us, there are people who, who had lived through this. So God is providing that. Uh, the cloud of witnesses, and he's providing um, uh, what it, it says the path has already been marked out for us to go down this road of healing. And uh, so, you know, I, I guess I, I'll, I'll leave it there because there was there's a time when God understood a place where he understands the abuse, he understands the slave mindset, but he's saying, I've got so much more for you will you take that will you yes. accept that and it was hard for him to let hard for them to let go and so that was that whole tussle and i hope we don't have to go around 40 years that we can we can get it done tonight <laughs> yes lord jesus yes 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 come on opal rebecca what's going on guys i like it when you're too quiet i was gonna uh, <laughs> i was thinking about an article that i read today. It was an interview of Tina Turner. And she was saying that although she's been successful, she still lives in trauma because of when she was with Ike, how he used to beat her. So she said throughout her lifetime, she's always had nightmares. She's done, had to deal with trauma and she's never enjoyed her success. And that's what you're talking about, arrested development. You are a superstar, successful singer and you're dealing with waking up at night afraid and just she says she would just be shaking. Uh, and that's exactly what we as a people are dealing with. We can become successful and fight to be successful, work hard, but we're always looking over our shoulder. Absolutely. There's always this type of fear that any moment this is going to be snatched from me. You're going to be pushed to the side. You're going to be overlooked. And, uh, I am in agreement. It's time to break that tonight. It's time to break it. Okay. Rebecca, you there? No, you have a different time zone. All right, well, let's go up. Let's go up. Let's go up. So, Father, we just come before you right now, thanking you once again for your goodness. Father, we thank you for your mercies, for your tender kindness, and for your love with which you have loved on us. You're an amazing God. You're a great God. You are I am that I am. And for that, we give you the honor, glory, praise, everything that's through your name. Father, we ask right now for entrance into your court on behalf of these, your people. Father, we come in through the blood of the lamb. 
And we know that there is no other way. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Father, we come today to bring a petition on behalf of all those of African descent, Father, but not just those who are of African descent, but those who have had slavery in their background, those who have gone through the trauma of slavery, those who have gone through the abuse, the, the beatings, the misunderstandings, the hopelessness, being uh, in captivity, whether it was with chains or with not, but captivity of their minds. Father, we just come on behalf of all of those who your son died for. The blood that he shed mm, mm, mm. for all, for all, for all, for all. We thank you right now. So we bring a petition before you today, Father, on behalf of these weights, these weights, we ask that the, the record would be open, that the books would be open of all of the repentance that we have been doing, not just corporately, but also individually. We're asking that the records would be open, all those in the great cloud of witnesses, all those of our ancestors who have gone before us. We're asking for all of those records that would be entered in every time that we spoke of you and your goodness, every time we told somebody about your goodness, every time we brought a prayer before you, every time we remembered you, every time, Father, we ask that the record would reflect that we are a people who are sold out to the one true living God. Father, we ask that the record would be reflective of all that we have said and done on behalf of the kingdom of God. Father, we ask that the record would reflect that we are a people who have been baptized into the kingdom. We ask that the record would reflect that we are owned by you, that you have our title deed. Uh, what is Psalms 24? It says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Father, we are the fullness. So we come boldly before you this day on behalf of all of those, Father, who have had slavery in their background, in their ancestry, who have been in captivity, who have come before you and have repented, but yet there were still weights. Father, you know the weights that we have still carried. You know the weights that have still been on our back. You know the demonic load that we have carried. You know the way that we have been treated. You know the dishonor that we have been held in. You know the disfavor. Father, you know that this has been a weight before this people. We're asking, Father, that we would no longer bear the weight of hopelessness. We no longer bear the weight of our sin past. We no longer bear the weight of helplessness and learn helplessness. We no longer bear the weight of the trauma and the fear. We no longer bear the weight of the beatings, of the whippings, of the rapes. We would no longer bear the weight of our past, of our sin past, of our rebellion, of our lawlessness. Father, we're coming before you and we're asking that 
that Christ would be our scapegoat, not just for the sin, not just for the transgressions, not just for the iniquities, but for the weights. Father, specifically, we want to address this weight of arrested development, where we've been arrested in our emotions, where we've been arrested in, in our intellect, where we've been arrested in our development, where we've been arrested in our maturation, where we've been arrested as a people, where we have not fulfilled the call and the destiny with which you have given us. Father, we come before you and we lay this before you and we petition on behalf of you. We petition on behalf of our King. We petition on behalf of our Redeemer that everything that you said about this people would, would, um, would be manifested. That, we would, that you would reinstate the original design that you had for this people, that we would no longer be bought and sold. We would no longer be a commodity. We would no longer be traded. We would no longer not be held in value and worth, but our original design would be reinstated. What you said about us from the beginning of time, what you said about us when you created us, what you said we would do, we would be, and how we would be in your kingdom. Father, we come before you on behalf of this people, this class of people, and we ask for the original design would be reinstated. We ask that we would be um, stripped of all of the weights of our past, all of the that lingering effects, all of those ramifications, all of the hurts and the traumas, all of that, that that held us where we were just in shock, where we no longer matured in our intellect, we no longer matured in our understanding, where our emotions were stuck. We're asking even now, Father, that you would speed up time so that we would be where we need to be. We know that the enemy has tried to keep us stuck in the time, but Father, you control time that every timeline, every dimension where we have been stuck as a people, every timeline and every dimension will be sped up so that we will fall into correct alignment with you. We're asking, Father, that you would even take the plumb line. Do I have my plumb? That you would take your plumb line and you would put it over this, your people. That when you look back into your book of destiny, you say, well, this is what I said about these people when I, when I founded them, when I formed them in my hand, when I formed them in my mind, that this people would do X, Y, and Z. They would bring fruit in this area. They would be fruitful in this area. They would be fruitful in these, all these areas, Father, and it's been stripped from us. We're asking for the reinstatement. We're asking for the restitution. We're asking for restoration. We're asking that we will be put back into the correct timeline according to Yahweh. And that those who are on this earth would complete and fulfill the destinies, destinies that have been lost. That all those destiny scrolls, Father, that did not get an opportunity to be completed because we were held in captivity. All those destiny scrolls that we retrieved, Father, from the throne room of hell, from the trophy room of hell, all of those that, that we've retrieved, Father, that they would be dispersed upon these people on earth. 
and that we will be once again be reinstated. There, the, the, this arrested development that we see happening with this people, where we no longer uh, dream, we no longer have a hope, that we have an expectation that somebody else would take care of us, that we went from having an overseer and a master to something else, but still someone else. When we continue to look for somebody else for our livelihood, we have not looked to you. Father, we're asking right now that that would be stripped out of your book and that we, your people, would be a thriving people. We would be a fruitful people. We'd be like Ephraim, a, a double portion. We ask, Father, that you would reinstate and you would give us even more for the time, Father, that we weren't able to complete our assignment. We have assignments on this earth that must be completed. We have assignments that you said. So, Father, we're asking that you would even send your angels, send your uh, messenger angels out, that the enforcer angels, the harvesting angels, you know what needs to happen. But we do come before you and we present this, your, this petition on behalf of your kingdom and on behalf of this, your people. What are we seeing in the courtroom, guys? I was seeing it. Uh, just we were bound up, just bound up. Where I mean, you could barely move. You know, you was just we were bound up, and um, the cloud of witnesses was just unwrapping all of those, they were unwrapping. And I uh, was asking a father, I said, let it happen quickly. Let it happen quickly. I just kept saying, let it happen quickly. I mean, I just in my spirit, I felt like it was an urgency and they start doing it quicker. Like it was start, they were start doing it super fast. Um, but just in my spirit, I just was seeing an urgency. Yes, God. We have to go be about our father's business. Go ahead, Levi. We must be about our father's business. I was just agreeing and testifying. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I saw something similar, but before that, I saw, I, I was in a conversation with father, with judge, and um, he said, why, I understand the pain and I understand the urgency, but why am I not enough? And he was not just speaking to uh, the victims. He was speaking to the, the whole council. Uh, um, you know, why am I not enough? Why did I not? He almost as if he was on trial, as if uh, uh, um, I have put him on trial by saying, you haven't done enough. You don't see what I've been. Why am I not enough? And our, when I say our defense, that includes Jesus. So he, he was on our, I mean, they're not in opposition, but anyway, that's just what I, I saw. And uh, so in repentance, and then when she said, um, he's, he's the, the clouds of witness are stripping us of this quickly, then that made sense. That's the after of what I saw. Oh, Father. 
Father. <laughs> the other thing that uh, God gave me was failure to thrive. Normally, when you hear about a failure to thrive, you think about a baby that is not developing the way it's supposed to. Father, this people have a failure to thrive. And Father, we know that it's from malnourishment and it's from environmental factors. So we're asking that every place that we have been malnourished, every place the environmental factors have prevented us from thriving, not just surviving, Father, we're asking that you would strip, even as Tracy was talking about the, the, what's going on in our minds, you would strip from us, from this people, that you would strip the survival mode and the survival instinct that is in our DNA because our ancestors, they just were trying to survive, that you would strip it. No longer just surviving, God but that we would be a people that would thrive, that we would be a people that are fruitful, that we would be a people that would talk about your goodness, that we would be a people that would speak on the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that we would be a people that would testify about the blood, that we would be a people that would tell somebody, this is what the Lord has done for me, that we will be a people that will be looked upon. How is it that we could go from slavery to whatever it is that you're going to do to abundance and to overabundance? Father, that we would be a people that would give you glory. Father, I come before you on behalf of this people. We come before you on behalf of this class. That we would be a people that would give you glory on this earth. That would give you glory on this continent. That we would be a people that would give you glory in our families, in our homes, in our nations, in our community. Father, we ask right now that you would take us from the back to the front. Father, we ask that you would honor us. We ask, Father, for the double portion. Father, we ask that we would that we will be glorified so that we could give it back to you, not for any of our own. Oh, Father, we ask for a turnaround. We ask for a turnaround. We ask for a turnaround, God, that we could get, we would be a people that would give you glory. Because you are enough. <laughs> You are enough. You're enough for me. Father, you are enough. Your love is all-encompassing. You are enough. You're enough. You're enough. You're enough. You're enough for us, Father. You are enough for us. You're enough for us. Now, Father, I ask that you issue out mandates. For those of us who don't know our purpose, that don't know what the mandate is, that don't know our callings, that don't know what it is that you gave to us, Father, we're asking that you would send a myriad of angels, that you would speak to us in the night seasons, that you would speak to our spirits, that our spirits would be revived. Father, we're asking that you would blow on our spirits, that our spirit man would, would come alive again, that our spirit man would just come to the forefront that our spirit man would be enveloped once again, Father. 
we're asking our God that we would be a spiritual people and that our spirit would be connected with your spirit, that you would be the only spirit we're connected to, that every other place that we've been connected, Father, we ask that everything else would be disconnected in the second heaven, in the heavens, on the earth, beneath the earth, every other place where we have been connected, every other place where we've been a puppet, every other place where there's been drawstrings, every other place, Father, every other covenant, we break it. Any covenant within a covenant, any transaction, any time our ancestors or us stepped on a wrong trading floor. Father, we're asking right now that all of that would be severed that it would be erased from the books of hell, that it would be erased out of your book with the blood of Jesus. Father, we want no other covenant than to be covenant to you. For us and our generations, a thousand generations going Father, we say that in front of all of your spirits. We say it in front of this great cloud of witnesses. Father, we say this in front of the heavenly host that we want you and you alone, that you are enough for us. You are you're all that we have need of. Father, but we have need of you. We have need of you any place where our spirit has even been arrested in its development. Any place where our spirit has failed to thrive. Any place because of our old, old covenants. They're no longer the, the covenant that we have now, but because of old covenants where we did not mature, where we're still children in the spirit. Father, we're asking that you would hurry us along, that we would mature and we would not just serve off of milk, but we would eat the meat of the word. Father, we know that your kingdom is ever expanding. There is so much to be explored in the kingdom of God and that we will continue to ascend. We will continue to come to your court we will continue to, to see all of the heavenly realms, Father, because you have so much for us, but we weren't ready. Father, we say that we're ready now. We're a repentant people. We see now some things we didn't see before. We know now some things we didn't know. Every place where we didn't trust you before, Father, we trust you now. And Father, for those who have not seen where you are, in their heart, just like you showed me with, that Jesus was really off to the side. Father, we're asking that you would have center place, <laughs> the red carpet treatment in our heart, in the middle of our heart. And everything else has to be moved out of the way, has to be moved out. Everything else has to be moved out. We need more room for you so that you could complete, you would Fill us up. You would fill up our hearts. You would fill up our spirits. Father, we would no longer be a fleshly people. That we would no longer be controlled by our flesh. That our body and our emotion would not tell us what to do, but our spirit would lead. That we would be a, a people who are led by our spirit first. Not by our mind, not by our emotions, not by our culture, not by our upbringing, not by the traditions of men, and not by religion. Father, we ask that you would strip any religion off of us, any legalism, so that we can come into the fullness of what the kingdom has for us. These times that we're going into, we need the kingdom of God. 
We need the kingdom of God as never before, Father. Jesus, you're an amazing God. You're a wonder in our hearts. You're a wonder in our souls. God, continue to show us us so that we can come before you quickly and repent. Father, that we would not be a people caught up in condemnation, but we would uh, know the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Father, change us and rearrange us. We ask that you continue to transform us, transform our, our, our young people, that they would know you, that they would hunger. There'd be a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, that there would be a hunger for the real things of God that there will be a hunger to know you. Father, that they will be a part of this next wave, this wave of this harvest, that you're, this billion soul harvest, that this people will be a part of that billion soul harvest, that your sons and your daughters would come back, that our families would be reinstituted. Father, that everything that was not like you be stripped away, but we would know you and serve the true and the living God. Thank you, oh God. I still say you're enough. <laughs> I still say you're enough. You're enough. You're enough. Yes, you are enough. All that you've done, <laughs> you're enough for me. Father, if you didn't do another thing, you've done enough. My God, you're enough. Yes, you're enough. You're enough. You are enough. My God. Thank you, Father. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Are there any other weights, anything else that we need to handle while we're in here? I saw a slave ship where the bodies of the, the five ones who died were simply cast overboard. Victors burying their sin. God's exposing the spiritual roots. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is exposing the spiritual roots to break the cycles. We are part of that process that he's bringing upon the earth. Okay, I lost my place. Hold on. We are part of the process he's bringing upon the earth. We definitely must be about our father's business. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, Lord Jesus. We are resting in the love. Song of Solomon 8 and 3. I want all of you to tell the Lord that he's enough. He is enough. He's enough. He's enough. Is he enough for you? <laughs> he wants to know, is he enough? Can you imagine the creator of the universe is asking us, is he enough? Yes. Yes. I said, yes, Father, you are enough. You're enough. You're enough for me. You're enough for us. You're wonderful. You're marvelous. You're all that we have need of. 
And Father, it's because of you that we survived. <laughs> if the enemy had his way, we wouldn't even be here. Yes, you're enough. If the enemy had his way, my kids wouldn't be here. You're enough. God, if the enemy had his way, you're enough. You're enough. You're enough, Father. Now, Father, I, I bring the spirit of Python before you. This, uh, I had saw a little bit of teaching that talked about Python may have something to do with the rest of development because of the squeeze that he puts on us and that he always wants to take our spiritual sight. So, Father, any place where our spiritual sight has been compromised because of this Python spirit, we're asking, first of all, that you would take any type of serpentine spirit, this python, that you would remove it from around us, from under us, from any place that is around us, from anything that's happened in the past, <clears throat> any covenant that we've had with any python, any serpentine spirit, we break it now. We, and we ask that the blood of Jesus would be the propitiation for that sin. We ask you that every covenant that's within a covenant be broken. Any transaction within a transaction, we renounce it now and we say we take our authority back. We'll have nothing to do with any serpentine spirit. And we ask that this pipeline that's uh, affecting our spiritual vision as a people. Father, we're asking that that pipeline spirit will be judged in your courtroom this day. While you're dealing with the arrested development, while you're dealing with our failure to thrive, while you're dealing with the weights and the sin. While we have such a great crowd, uh, crowd of witnesses, we thank you for that cloud of witnesses. But Father, you gave us a race to run and we must run this race. We must be about our Father's business and we can't do it with this spirit, with this snake spirit that's hindering us as a people. And we're asking that this spirit will be judged in your courtroom this day. Are you getting some pushback from the spirit? Yes, some. Yeah, I'm getting pushback. It's like a um, a heaviness. I'm just over here praying in the Holy Ghost. Father, I just come before you and I say that. Let me let me get the scripture. I'm just getting a pushback that we can't just break this covenant that, that we have. See, it's not just that we did it one time, it's that we keep repeating those same sins, so we recovenant over and over again. And that's what I'm getting pushback on. <laughs> Father, according to your word in Psalm 24 and 4, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
the world and they that dwell therein. For you have founded it upon the seas and you established it upon the floods. You said, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? But he who had, who and who can stand in your holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Father, so we come before you because we want clean hands and we want a pure heart. And this snake spirit is is uh, abomination to you and to us. Father, we stand here and we do plead guilty because we did covenant with it. We did offer worship to it. And we may even have ancestors in Africa that are still doing that. I know in Benin, I do. But Father, I ask that the cross of Christ will be between me and any of my bloodline that have not accepted you yet. And that this covenant with this snake, this covenant upon covenant, the sin upon sin, the worship of snakes, the veneration of snakes, the... um offering the sacrifices that have been done with snakes and snake-like spirits. Father, we ask right now that that would be cut off, cut off from us and our bloodline for all of us who have made the decision to follow the one true living God, because you're the only God that we have. It, we, we give no worship to any other God. Father, any place that we've done it through in any dimension, in any time, in any realm, in any space, above land, below land, in the seas. Father, we say right now, all the way back to the beginning of time, we'll have nothing to do with it because we serve only the true and the living God. So while this, this spirit is, is trying to stop us, we say, no, we must run this race. And we must run this race that you've given us unhindered. And this snake is an abomination and it's hindering us from running the race that you've given us to run. And we're asking that this next spirit will be judged, Father. Feel like we need to go to the training floor. Anybody getting anything? Put down your arms, wash your face, change your garments and come sit close to me and don't look over your shoulders back at the past. Your slaves, your enemies are not there. Ooh, nestle in me, my God. So one of the things that um, last week you know, we had kind of left it off like there was something else that needed to be done. 
the Lord was saying to leave the court cases with him, with Jesus, so that if anything else needs to be continued, he will continue it for us on our behalf. So Father, I, on behalf of us as a group, we hand this petition over to you, Jesus, our advocate to the Holy Spirit. And to all those who have may have testimony that still needs to happen in this courtroom, we hand this over to you. We just thank you. <laughs> we thank you. Because I, I, I don't feel that heaviness anymore. I don't, does anybody else feel the weight lifted? No. Father, we thank you for everything that you've done this day. We thank you, Just Judge. We ask that uh, even as we in our petition today, we ask for a ruling with prejudice so that the enemy cannot bring this up again, no longer in our families, no longer in our generations, no longer in this class of people on your earth so that you would receive all the glory. We thank you that you have opened up your courtroom to us this day. We thank you that you allowed us to present this petition. We thank you for being who you are, a just judge. We bless you. We step out of this courtroom today and we, we leave this case with Jesus. If there's anything else that needs to be handled, Jesus, we, we know we trust you. We thank you. We step out of this courtroom. Amen. So Father, we just take and we seal everything that's happened this day. We seal it with the blood of Jesus. We say that let there be no repercussions, uh, no backlash of retaliation against us, our families, all those things that are close, that are near and dear to our hearts. Father, we thank you for everything that's been done and we take and we seal this. We seal everything that you're doing for us. <laughs> everything that you're doing on behalf of this class of people. In Jesus' sweet name, we do pray. Amen.